All right. Let's get this out of the way first. The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed on Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast are solely those of the speakers, guests, and hosts, and do not in any way represent the thoughts or views or opinions of any other employer, partnership, or sponsor. The material and information in this podcast is for general information purposes only. It should be used at the listener's discretion. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the 4 Shift Firefighter Tailboard Talks Podcast. My name's Chris. I'm the host. And uh, quick one today. We're going on a vacation. We're going on a camping trip. We're leaving 4 o'clock in the morning, packing up the camper. Hopefully the kids keep sleeping. Probably not. And we're going all the way from Illinois to Maryland. First stop just outside of Pittsburgh. There for a day. Going to Maryland. Passing through D.C. Maybe I'll see if I can be a speaker of the house. And then uh, to Lusby, Maryland for a few days to hang out with Katie's sister and family. And then on the way back, stopping through Columbus, coming home in a few days, then a couple of days home back to work. So kind of made me think, uh, when, when are you in a better mood? Are you in a better mood first day back from a vacation? Like, are you one of those people that's like, oh, I'm refreshed and ready to run calls and be a part of it again? Or are you like me where you're actually in a better mood the last day before a vacation because after today they can't hurt you anymore? I always feel, feel like I'm in a much better mood the day the last shift day before leaving for a little bit as opposed to coming back. When I come back, I'm like, oh, man, time to dig in for a couple of weeks. But anyways, quick episode today, a few points to hit on. Hopefully you can't hear all the kids screaming outside the window here. School just got out or the bus just got out, so kids are getting home. Let's get into it. First things first, Daily Dose is running. The 4Shift Firefighter Daily Dose is running on Instagram. Last episode... You have to be able to hear that. A couple episodes ago, um, I did. I introduced the Four Shift Firefighter Daily Dose, and what that is is a daily thing in October we're doing, or I'm doing, and whoever wants to join me, join up. Basically, you pick a menu of four or five physical activities you want to pick from over the course of October, and then every day you do between 20 and 100 of just one of those things. So days one and two, I did 20 squats, or 40 squats and 20 squats, because I had to get going. That's all I had time for. Today, a little bit later, getting off shift, but I did uh, 40 push-ups, and that was it. The point of that is to stimulate the dose chemicals, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins. It's one of those things, whatever you call where you take the first letter of each word and put it together, dose. Um, you hope to stimulate those first thing in the morning, get going, get in the game a little bit, and send you off on a good note. So ideally, you do it first thing or as close to waking up as possible. The first two days I did it while the coffee was being made. Uh, like I said, today got pushed back. Anyways, join me in October. Four shift firefighter daily dose tag the daily dose or hashtag daily dose if you do it tag me in your stories and i'll share you and uh, it's just a good way to get going get a little consistency going start your day off right join me if you will second thing big press release from fema i think two weeks ago now let me get back to that that fema has granted uh, over one million dollars to the women in firefighter women in fire uh, organization here's what it's for and this is a big deal one million dollars is like actual funding and i think that's a really good sign of the landscape what we're starting to realize recognize kind of where we are behind a little bit and what we need to catch up on so that's a for real commitment one million bucks they gave it to women in fire and they asked them to carry out a bunch of stuff use the money for a bunch of things and include a bunch of people so just running it down um, they kind of recognize in the press release here, this is on the Women in Fire Instagram page. It's just Women in Fire, all one word. You'll see a big FEMA 
uh, scroll and symbol up there. That's the press release. It says, basically, it's unacceptable what we're doing. And 25% of women firefighters report their fire department does not have a policy addressing pregnancy or maternity leave. I think that's a little bit underreported. I think that's grossly underreported. But that's what the information they had. And they think that's unacceptable. I wonder what the real number is and how bad that would be. Anyway, some of the things they want to do with this are uh, reproductive health toolkits, mentorship programs, dissemination of existing firefighter-specific curriculum focused on improving um, a couple abbreviations I don't know nationally, and then they want to increase the reach of training by adding these things to an online learning management system. Now, they name a bunch of people that they're going to include in this project. Uh, Women in Fire will work with NDRI USA, Center for Fire, Rescue and EMS Health Research, the National Volunteer Fire Council, and the Beltane Guild. Now, if the Beltane Guild sounds familiar, it's because a few episodes ago I talked to Stephanie White, and Stephanie White works with the Beltane Guild. It's a huge educational platform for women in the fire service, um, reproductive health, maternity, uh, uh, postnatal stuff. Uh, what she does is she goes in and consults with departments on the half, on behalf of the Belting Guild and on her own, and helps them set up systems for people who want to start a family, when they're growing their family, afterwards, all all sorts of stuff. They actually just released a grant uh, probably about a week ago. They announced that their grants were open for people struggling with reproductive health. So check out two things. Check out Women in Fire. Big things are going to be coming out of that. Uh, organization with this over $1 million of funding from FEMA, and then check out the Beltane Guild. If you want to hear more about it, more detail, and hear a conversation about it, look back a few episodes. Me and Stephanie White talked about um, the title of the episode is called Better Policies for Females Equal Better Policies for All, and it's really about just the disconnect there and how we can kind of improve the whole fire service by just taking care of the women. Not, it shouldn't be that obvious, but it's that obvious, right? All right. So that's number two. Now, number three, oh, piggyback off of that. As I was looking for the FEMA grant wordage, I learned something. One, you know, when you Google something and it has all the suggested suggested questions below it, like, hey, here, just in case you want to know more about something, here's some random stuff. It said, who was the first known female firefighter? Clicked on it and it says, Molly Williams, a former slave in New York City, is often reported to be the first known female firefighter. She became a member of the Oceanus Engine Company number 11 in about 1815. Naturally, what is the Oceanus Fire Department? She's in New York, Lower Manhattan. And here's the deal. Uh, male firefighters, I'm just reading this from the old Google. Male firefighters were scarce due to a cholera outbreak, but Williams took her place with the men on the drag ropes and pulled the pumper to the fire through the deep snow. She was asked about it and she basically said, this is where I belong. I'm a part of this engine company. I'm a part of the fire service. I belong here. And since then, she's been heralded as the first female firefighter, former slave turned firefighter in New York. So if you need a little bit of research to do, a little bit of fun reading, I'm sure there's way more to that story. This is just what popped up on the Google suggested stuff. Uh, check out Molly Williams as you're checking out the FEMA grant for Women in Fire and the Beltane Guild. Check out Molly Williams. I'm going to do some reading up on that. I'm sure it's just an incredible story. Um, so knowing that, she became the first firefighter in 1815, and now it's 2023. I think we're, I think it's about time to start <laughs> paying attention, right? Um, so that's number two. 
First was Daily Dose. Second one is the Women in Fire FEMA grant. Over $1 million of funding going to Women in Fire. That is going to be awesome. All right, number three. Had a little moment the other day that I want to kind of make up as I go here. And it was actually parallel thinking with Stephanie White. She posted something the other day about getting ice cream and how just go get the ice cream, right? There's always someone that's going to be on a diet. There's always going to be someone who has diet restrictions, preferences, whatever. But if the crew's going to get ice cream, go get ice cream. And I had two days before she posted that, I had a moment where we were sitting down. I don't know what you guys do in your department, but whenever you celebrate something, a job anniversary, a birthday, a promotion anniversary, something, instead of people people buying you stuff, you buy everybody's stuff. And typically it's ice cream, pizza, you're just buying dinner. You might buy a nice dinner and make it for everyone or buy a nice dinner and have them make it for you, but you pay for it. Um, so that's what we do at my department. It was someone's birthday and we were sitting around. We had a busy day, a busy morning, and we were trying to try to figure out when to shop. We we're going to have to shop in the afternoon. He said, you know what I'm buying because yesterday was my birthday. So I'm buying pizza. I had a little moment while we were eating the pizza because there are guys on the crew that have diet preferences. Um, there's pizza that we order from someplace in town that not everybody likes. There's pizza that people would rather have. We just got regular, regular pizza, right? And it was really cool because everybody sat down and ate the pizza. And then a cop came over and hung out and ate the pizza. And what I was thinking is, you know, what's really cool. What's really cool is if you are disciplined and stick to a diet that works for you and improve your body composition and live a long, happy, healthy life and you pay attention to your food and your choices and you are doing a good job with that. What's even cooler is if you can just chill out and eat some pizza for a day, a meal, maybe not a whole day. That's the cool thing. And it got me really thinking like, I wouldn't even care if someone ordered a salad from the pizza place and sat with us at the table and ate salad while we ate pizza. We'd probably still goat them into eating one piece of pizza. Um, but being together and doing that stuff together and putting on putting your own personal preferences aside for half an hour to join the group and do something together is it was it's just so awesome because I've been a part of crews before where people are out and they're out all day and they're not eating with you or what you're having and it's not like the monetary burden people are like oh the less people eat the more expensive it is listen dude on average on average we're spending between 10 and 15 bucks for the day to eat at the fire station, right? And if you're like me, you might not even pay half the time, so it's just free. But you're spending between 10 and $15 a day to eat two full meals and some snacks at the fire station. If you think you're going to go anywhere in the real world and spend $7.50 for a meal and be completely fed for the day for 15 bucks, now I'm not factoring hospital snacks. That's a large part of my diet while on shift. But get a grip, right? So if you got to spend... $18 a day, that means $9 a meal. I think you can figure that out. I don't usually like to tell people what to do with their money, but we can figure this out, okay? So I don't really buy into like the oh, less people that eat, even three people, three person houses, I mean, 20 bucks a day, 10 bucks a meal, not bad. Out of the context of the fire service, it's awesome. In the context of the fire service, anything over $3.50 is an absolute atrocity. Anyways, I think, I think even if you stay separate in what you're eating, sitting down and hanging out and being with the crew and trading stories and giving each other a hard time is such a valuable part of the fire service. And I'm not trying to preach like the old guy, like, ah, oh, we have less camaraderie and the kids just want to go play on their phones. 
I love playing on my phone. That's not part of it. What I'm talking about is just hanging out and being familiar with each other. Because here's where that leads. And this is where I'm kind of just making stuff up. Here's where that leads is there's the old saying that familiarity breeds contempt, right? And I think that's true to a certain extent in the real world. But in the fire service, I think that familiarity breeds acceptance and allowance. Because here's the thing. I work with 136 people. And because of the nature of my department, I may be shipped out to a station where I haven't worked with these people in years, right? And there's a wide variety of political preferences, um, social preferences, all race, religions, everything is a, such a huge spectrum where I work. If I'm basing my like or not like for someone off of one thing, off of someone's religious preferences, right? And that's the sole information I have on that person because I've kept them at arm's distance or they've isolated themselves or I just prefer not to get into a conversation because I know it's going to lead to that path. That's all I know about the person is something I don't like, right? If that person ever enters a conversation and says something a little bit borderline and they're trying to be funny or they're trying to make a point or they're not even trying to start an argument, they're just saying what they think, my only reaction can really be adversarial because all I know is that they're this one thing and I don't like that thing. So whatever they say, that's borderline. I'm going to err on the side of negative, right? But if I know that this person has this religious preference, it may be because of my religious preference, that's an issue. And trust me, it's not. This is just an easy example. But I also know that they got two kids and their kid plays hockey and their wife also sells real estate and uh, they live five minutes from me so we can talk about the stuff we do in the same neighborhood. If we have all these other things that we get to talk about because we hang out together and because we've both, been, we've both put in the effort to know each other and be familiar with each other, then all of a sudden that one little religious thing isn't that big of a deal because quite honestly, that little religious thing has very little bearing on what we're actually there to do, which is serve people and fight fire, right? But if it's the only thing I know, it's the only thing. And then it's either that religious thing, and I hope you're good at your job because if you're not, I'm going to burn you down because I don't like you for the religious thing. Is that fair? No. Is that justified or right? Absolutely not. But that's the reality of some situations, okay? So here's my advice, even though you don't want it and probably don't need it. If you're someone who eats alone, makes their own stuff for whatever reason, trying to save money, dietary restrictions, can't handle the peer pressure, don't want to be roped into what the guys are eating, um, you made something a few times and they made fun of you and you got your feelings hurt and now you just would rather not, I get it. If you're that person, chill out join the group a little bit and it's not going to be super comfy, right? And you might get the same reaction a couple of times, but eventually you work with a different crew or a different person, or I'll be there one day and I'll talk to you and we'll hang out. If you're the majority and you're the cool kids group or you're the group that hangs out together and you have that person that's on the sidelines for whatever reason, maybe some of the same things I mentioned, give them a little leash, bring them in, keep inviting them. Keep letting them know that whenever they feel like coming in, it's okay. Whenever you feel like eating with us or joining in, uh, for the food on the day, or um, you're welcome at the table. You're welcome to hang out with us. You're welcome in the day room with us. Make sure that that one thing, them not being, them not wanting to eat with you or them preferring not to eat your food, isn't the only thing that drives your opinion of that person. And it's a difficult thing to do because it is very easy to write those people off. It's going to be like, oh, no, he comes in here and he makes his hot dogs and then he goes and eats in his bunk and we don't see him for the rest of the afternoon. I wonder though how many people, how many times that person has been reached out to, or if people just think, ah, it's easier just to just let him do his thing. 
see you later. But that lack of familiarity then, that's what breeds contempt, right? Because now he's not part of the team. That's how you view him. He's not contributing. He's not helping clean the kitchen afterwards. He's not helping mop take out the trash. All he's doing is sitting in his bunk and maybe we'll see him later uh, on a call. That's the reality in a lot of fire stations, right? Because a lot of fire stations aren't running 24 hours straight. I would say on average, um, you know, my station, we might do six to eight calls a day spread out over 24 hours. A lot of stations and a lot of cities around us might do like four or five for a station, maybe three, four for a station. So it's a lot slower. So you have a lot of time to really build up a, a narrative in your head about the people that you don't get along with. So from both sides, I would just encourage you guys to keep encouraging yourself to join the team or keep enjoying that lone wolf, keep uh, offering the potential for that lone wolf to come back and join the team because all that's going to do is help everyone, right? The more you know someone in your crew, the more you talk to them, the more things and more opportunities you have to actually connect with them, make a bond with them. And then maybe that one thing you don't like about them fades kind of off in the distance because you have all these other things that you, you do like, or they are tolerable, or maybe, maybe they're not so as crazy or so far out as you thought once you start talking about something else, right? So eat the pizza, come to the table, have some pizza, or just sit there and watch us get pizza sauce all over our shirts and trade some stories with us and hang out, right? That's my small little thing. Hope it made sense. But uh, as an officer, and even as a firefighter, you know, everything gets better when there's a fire, as terrible as that sounds. All the little problems that we stress over and micromanage and, and all the little details we obsess over because we have too much time, that all goes away when we have a couple good fires, right? Same thing when we hang out with each other. Just because we're not going fires every day doesn't mean we have to lose the camaraderie and hanging out and, and joking and having fun and hanging out, out back. That just makes everything that much easier when there is a critical incident. Now I can look at the guy that I haven't talked to in three months because he eats alone. I have to ask him to do something. That's not as easy. I don't know where he stands. I'm not sure what he's what he's doing. But if I see him every day for two meals and I get to hang out with him and train with him a few times a day and we're friends, even though he doesn't eat with us, all right, whatever. I'm be, I'm, I drove that one in the dirt. I was on a good path. I kept talking. I lost it. I hope you follow along with it. We're wrapping this one up. Thank you guys so much for listening. The new website is up. Four Shift Firefighter website is up. Go there. There's a store. You can buy some old t-shirts. Uh, there's also stocking caps, stickers, stuff like that. If you don't feel like buying anything, there's a little donate um, to the show thing at the bottom. Please consider giving just a little bit because this is a lot of fun for me. I really like talking to the, the guests I have, bringing up these topics, getting to share a little, my bad, getting to share a little bit of advice when I can. Um, so a way to show me that you guys dig it is just, it's called buy me a coffee. Just buy him a coffee once in a while and it's all good. All right, guys, thank you so much for hanging out. We'll talk to you guys soon. Next week, we're going to talk to uh, Taylor Goodman, unless something happens with the recording um, and I have to scrap it and do one from the road. Maybe I'll do a 10-year anniversary one with Katie. We just had our 10-year wedding anniversary a couple weeks ago in September. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll drag her on the microphone for a little 10-year wedding anniversary recap in the fire service. But even though we've been together for like 47 years, I think, by now. All right, we'll talk to you guys soon. Let's all keep working on being more capable and durable both on the job and away from it and be a four-shift firefighter.